this is part one of a two-part series on Bonnie and Clyde. Enjoy! You are listening to How We Met. Hey, this is Steve. And this is Angel Don. Hi, Angel Don. Hi, Steve. <laughs> what you doing? I'm sitting here ready to record this really awesome uh, How We Met story. A little oh, different. I, I'm so excited. I have been waiting for this one. This <laughs> is going to be one of my favorites. I guarantee it. Yeah, it's, it's a little bit outside of what we normally do, but it's just a really cool story. And um, so I wanted to share it. Absolutely. And this this story, well, first of all, uh, let me remind everyone out there that we are still recording remotely. And you may hear a glitch here and there in the Matrix, but it's part of uh, living with it right now. Uh just temporarily, like we said uh, before, we're getting ready to make some changes in how we broadcast or how we do our podcast. It's going to clean it up drastically. Yes. And again, it's only temporary too. While while I'm traveling, so you know, yeah. uh, it's it's a uh, we we still are very fortunate to be able to uh, provide uh, the podcast on schedule weekly, and uh, we we have faced a few challenges, but. <laughs> yeah we have but we're still here we're still here yay i just something. I, I don't know if i sh- should feel jealous or if i should feel you know kind of as the lucky one because now you are 100 percent independently having to uh play and deal with little oscar the wonder pup as we are recording (laughs) you know she's made it challenging a few times but right now (laughs) i'm not gonna really say anything because she's laying in the floor being really good so we need to take advantage of this opportunity it's a rare opportunity but she loves to be around when we're recording i don't know why any other time she's out playing or doing her little thing but right to be in on the recording stuff (laughs) she's a star baby she's a star She's a star. So today, uh, I guess if you don't know, it is on Bonnie and Clyde. Bonnie and Clyde. Yes, that Bonnie and Clyde. (laughs) And what an amazing story. Uh, Today, you're going to hear a little bit of it all. That's right. Going to hear, um, of course, we'll have our flashback coming up in a minute. And uh, we're going to talk about Bonnie and Clyde and then how they met. And they really were in love. They really loved each other. Um, They had a very volatile lifestyle. (laughs) But there's a lot that was going on at that time. So, you know, they they became infamous. I don't know if you could say famous, but infamous. Right. We'll We'll talk about all of that. And not only is it a true love story, and as you will see, they were truly, truly in love, but also it's a true, true crime, you know, historical true crime. And then 
We're going to touch on something we usually don't touch on, but just because of who it is and the circumstances, there's a little bit of paranormal activity surrounding uh, this story and this couple that we're going to touch on as well, right? That's right. So so, uh, this one should be pretty well-rounded, but first, do you think we should do a flashback? Yes, I do. All right, flashback. (laughs) Now it's time for flashback. So we're talking about 1930. 1930. 1930. That's the year that Bonnie and Clyde met. So, of course, this was during the Great Depression. And we'll talk a little bit more about that, too. But... At this time, the average cost of a new house was $7,145. Wow. Yeah, the average wages per year, per year, was $1,970. Can you imagine? Well, but now, now let me, let me just say, due to the depression, if you were fortunate enough to be making that wage at all i mean you were blessed right 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 but can you imagine your whole yearly wage being less than two thousand dollars wow and that's something i mean yeah when you think about it now people wouldn't hardly work for that in a month right right (laughs) for a month and that would be a part-time 20 hour a week job that's right. That's right. Wow. So the so, cost of gas was ten cents. Rent, wow. Rent was averaging about fifteen dollars a month. A okay. loaf of a loaf of bread was nine cents. Hamburger meat for a pound was thirteen cents. Ooh, I like that. I figured you would. <laughs> you could buy a Pontiac Big Six car. For seven hundred and forty-five dollars. Wow! <laughs> oh my goodness! You could, uh, in nineteen nineteen thirty, the Magic Chef gas cooker came out, and it was one hundred ninety-five dollars. So, you know, new inventions were still very expensive when they came out. Just like now, you know, take for example iPhones or, you know, big screen TVs, smart TVs. They come out and they're like these crazy prices, and then within six months to a year. They're all very affordable. Yeah, but, you know, uh, to put it in perspective, that would be over 10% of someone's annual salary. Yeah. Wow. (laughs) Kind of crazy, isn't it? (laughs) It is. It is. Uh, A little bit of perspective there. Right. Uh, So, again, we were talking about the Great Depression. So, you know, the United States and the world was suffering from the Great Depression. It wasn't just the United States. No, it wasn't. It was it was worldwide. It was worldwide. And I mean, it affected it affected people in such a way as I mean, there's when you're talking about people's health and people's money, that's two different things. But look at the coronavirus is like worldwide pandemic. Well, this was a worldwide pandemic. The Great Depression was a worldwide financial crisis, and people were suffering worldwide from that as well. Yes, and you know, in the recent years, you know how we've seen the economy fluctuate, 
Mm-hmm. And I don't want to get into politics or anything, but still, it, it was not of the magnitude of what our, you know, the folks back then faced. N- nothing near. No. So for some pretty happy news, the character Betty Boop made her debut in August of 1930. <laughs> Betty Boop. <laughs> in an animated series, her first uh, her first episode was Dizzy Dishes. Dizzy Dishes. <laughs> right. Now, the character was originally designed by Graham Natwick, who would go on to become a lead animator in the production of other characters like Mickey Mouse, oh. Pat, and Popeye. So, the creator of Betty Boop was mm-hmm. an animator for Mickey Mouse, Felix, and who was the oh. last? Popeye. Popeye's the Sailor Man. (laughs) (laughs) And of course, Betty was modeled after, uh, you know, actresses that had the flapper style clothing, like uh, Helen Kane and Clara Bow. Right. And she was she was voiced by uh, some notable actresses, including Margie Hines and Ann Rothschild. Oh, I didn't know that. Uh huh. And she's she's maintained her popularity since the 30s. I mean, you still see Betty Boop on T-shirts and all over the place. <laughs> you do, you do. Yeah. So she has amazing. endured since the '30s. Well, yes. Okay. Another big, another big uh, happening was the uh, United States Chrysler Building opened in May of 1930. Wow. So, yeah. So at the time, it was the tallest building in the world. It right. was 1,046 feet. And, uh, you know, well, until, you know, until the Empire State Building was completed, completed a year later, but it was still the biggest, tallest building in the world. Of course. And what a feat of engineering for the times. They didn't they didn't have the computers for engineering and didn't have the technology. And I mean, you know, kudos and my hats off and much respect uh, to to the know how and. I guess the the human condition as far as determination at that time. Right. Wow. And now that building, you know, it was notable. It's still notable for the Art Deco design. Mm-hmm. It was very different. It was, you know, decorative stainless steel. It used um, geometric shapes, uh, very elaborate masonry and car themed elements. I mean, it, it was an iconic part of New York City skyline. Now you've got me curious. I'm going to have to go back and I'm going to have to look up some uh, some photos of the Chrysler building. And, and I, know, I, I remembered, you know, of the uh, the marvel that it was and it is still today. But now I'm curious. I got to go back and take a look. You have to go look. Yes. And um, the United, United States also embarked on an ambi- ambitious program of public works to help regenerate the economy. And that included the building of the Boulder Dam, also known as the Hoover, Hoover Dam. Dam. Yes. <laughs> yeah, the Hoover yeah. Dam. Yeah. It took so. it took me just a moment, but I I had I had to uh, scan my history banks. <laughs> <laughs> now talking about a feat of engineering, the Panama Canal, the Hoover Dam, and the Chrysler Bill. I mean, wow. Yeah, and and uh, in the U.S., the gangster. Uh, Scarface yes. was jailed for income tax evasion that year. You know, I always thought that to be so, so, you know, 
wild that everything that he was supposedly, you know, uh, wrapped up in from, you know, murders to laundering to, to just everything. And they couldn't get him on none of that, but the taxation department did. <laughs> the IRS. <laughs> I know, isn't that crazy? It is, yeah. it is. And, you know, also during this time, it was prohibition, too. So. <laughs> and that's where a lot of that money came from, you know, uh, smuggling, smuggling the booze. And yeah. I thought this, yeah, I thought this was interesting. The first flight across the South Atlantic from Germany to Brazil of the Graf Zeppelin airship. Oh, we know really? what happened, you know, with the Zeppelin. Oh, of course, the big, uh, <laughs> pretty the much big... Uh, the, the end of the Zeppelin. But <laughs> uh, yeah, I, it was uh, uh, what was it? The Hindenburg, correct? The one, mm-hmm. the the famous crash. Uh-huh. So, wow. And to finish up, it was uh, the U.S. population was 123 million. Hmm. Frozen foods started being sold commercially for the first time. And some of the people born in 1930, some of them are still alive. Neil Armstrong, Sean Connery, Warren Buffett, Steve McQueen, The Big Bopper, Ray Charles, Clint Eastwood, Gene Hackman. So, yeah. Wow. Yeah. A lot going on. Some very influential uh, people there. Neil Armstrong. Wow. Wow. And the and Big Bopper. That, and the Big Bopper. So, um, this one I think you'll like. Clyde Tombaugh discovers Pluto, the ninth planet of our solar, solar system. And I'm still for Pluto being number nine instead of eight. <laughs> I can't believe they took it from us, you know. But, yeah, it's cool. Very cool. Wait, I've got a question. What? How much was a stamp? I thought you'd never ask. Aha! <laughs> Two cents. Wow. <laughs> Always got to know what a stamp is. That's my favorite thing. I know, right? Right. Wow. Two cents. Two cents. And the invention inventions in 1930 was sticky tape and Ooh. frozen food by bird's eye. Sticky tape, frozen food, and frozen foods. Uh-huh. Wow. Wow, look at look where those two inventions. I mean, it seems you know simple, and uh, but look, you know, uh, I know when I'm traveling, I eat a lot of frozen food, you know. Everybody <laughs> so, eats a lot of frozen foods. We were talking about um, my best friend, of course, everybody's heard me talk about Denise. She and I were talking about she was trying to find hamburger and she got lucky enough to uh go down the aisle when the meat guy was coming out and she said she was able to get some hamburger. I said, you know. Even if there's no hamburger, no chicken, no anything out in the meat aisles, we've got frozen everything, and we've got canned everything. Yes. Nobody's going to go hungry. I mean, yeah, there's a shortage of that kind of stuff, but nobody's going hungry. We still can go buy. Right. You can't buy beans. You can't buy rice. You can't buy fresh meat. Okay. You can buy canned or prepackaged everything still. Yeah, and it, and it sounds like, you know, the well... The, the frozen aspect started back in 1930. So. Right, wow. right. And I've oh. still seen lots of fresh vegetables everywhere I go. So. <laughs> <laughs> Cut them up and make your own. There you go. Freeze them up. All, All right. right. That's a good flashback. So are you ready for the story? I am ready. 
All right. I'm ready to hear this, Miss Angel. Well, we're talking about Bonnie Parker and Clyde Barrow. All right. I wonder how many people that really didn't know their last name because we're accustomed to hearing of Bonnie and Clyde. Bonnie and Clyde, right. Right. <laughs> so we're going to get into what they're known for, but first we're going to talk about how they met. Okay. And their love story. All so right. we're going to talk about Bonnie. Bonnie Parker. She was born October 1st, 1910 in Rowena, Texas. Now, she was the second of three children, and her parents' names were Henry and Emma Parker. And her family lived, you know, fairly comfortably off of her father's job as a bricklayer. Okay. But Henry died unexpectedly in 1914. So Emma, Bonnie's mother, she had to move with her children in with her mother in Cement City, Texas. Now, now, Cement City is now a part of is uh, Dallas, you know, Dallas, Texas. Right, the greatest that the greater Dallas area. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now Bonnie, uh, Bonnie, as an adult, was known to be very beautiful. She was four foot eleven, and she weighed ninety pounds. Little bitty girl. Little bitty girl. Four foot eleven and ninety pounds. Wow. And, you know, Bonnie, Bonnie liked school. She did really well in school, and she was known for her writing abilities. She was really good at writing, and she loved to write poetry. Wow, see, that, that's a part of Bonnie that most people don't know, you know. They may not know, and she, she wrote lots of poems, and she wrote poems even after uh, she and Clyde got together. And some of her poems, when you read them, they um, kind of were foretelling the end for really? her, and her and Clyde. Yeah, I think she knew what was coming. Okay. Well, now, at the age of 16, she dropped out of school, and she married Roy Thornton. So Clyde wasn't her first husband, her only husband? Clyde never was her husband. Really? No, they never were married. Okay, another... But they, were, but they were a couple, and they were in love, but they never were married. Another tidbit that I didn't know. Yes. All now, right. her marriage to this guy, it wasn't a real happy one. And uh, Roy began spending a lot of time away from home. And so it, 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 wasn't, it wasn't really a good marriage. And in 1929, he was charged with robbery and sentenced to five years in prison. Oh, so that was that already, husband. so she was already, uh, I don't, I'm not going to say pre, pre, uh, uh, condition, but she was already exposed to that lifestyle. He was, but now her and Roy, they never divorced. And, wow. you know, while Roy was away, she worked as a waitress, but as a result of the great depression, she lost her job. She was unemployed. Oh, wow. And that was toward the end of 1929 when she lost her job. Now, how so, old was she at this time? Well, she was 16. She was 16 when she married him. And this is 1929. So she must have been, I know when she met Clyde, she was 19. 
So she mm. must have been 18 here because this is 1929 and she and Clyde met in January. I'm not sure if it's January. I have to look. So what we're talking about That's is January a January of 1930. So what in, in essence, what we're talking about is a young, well, a, a teenage girl that mm-hmm. who is just now becoming a young woman and right. all this is going on around her and to her in her life. Right. And what I want people to remember is Bonnie and Clyde were not the only people committing robberies and stealing and things like that. It was that happened. That was happening all over the United States because because of the Great Depression, people were starving. People didn't have money. People didn't have work. I mean, it was a very rough time and people were doing what they needed to do just to survive so it, it wasn't just a uh, uh a bad seed it was very well what i'm saying i'm i am not condoning or taking up for their actions but it may have stemmed out of necessity to survive yeah i mean par- partially it was i mean look at her her father they did pretty good they lived comfortably then he died unexpectedly and they they couldn't make it. They had to move in with her mother or Bonnie's mother had to move in with her mother, right. Bonnie's grandmother. Exactly. For them just to make it. So yeah, it was tough times. Tough times. Hmm. Okay. So we're going to talk about Clyde now. Clyde Barrow was born March 24th, 1909. So he was a year older than Bonnie, which doesn't make him that old. <laughs> right. Right. So, so he would have been what? 19 when they met. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, or let's see, 1909. He would have been. Right. And and I'm sitting here as you're telling me this story. I'm trying to close my eyes and picture myself at that age and what I was doing. And, you know, to put it in perspective personally, as you go on telling the events. Okay. Right. So he would have been actually 20. At that time, that year, they both would have at that time when they met, they both would have turned. She would have turned 19 and he would have turned or he she would have turned 20 and he would have turned 21. Okay, this was before their birthdays. But he was born in Teleco, Texas. Right. He was the sixth of eight children. And his parents was Henry and Kumi, D-U-M-M-I-E, Kumi Farrow. All right. Now, his parents were tenant farmers, you know, and they didn't they didn't usually make enough money to even feed their children. And uh, when he was 12, they gave up tenant farming and they moved to West Dallas, where his dad opened a gas station. So his, his father was an entrepreneur. Well, I guess you could say that he, he did open a gas station. Okay. Now, West Dallas, though, was known for being a really rough and tough neighborhood and you know Clyde fit right in with that because he and his older brother Marvin Marvin Ivan Barrow but they called him Buck probably everybody knows from the Barrow gang it was Buck Barrow right they were, they were off they were always in trouble with the law for stealing stuff all the time they stole turkeys they stole cars you know <laughs> they they just they just stole stuff right. and uh now Clyde wasn't a very big man either. He was five foot seven and he weighed 130 pounds. 
Okay, so he wasn't a big guy at all either, was he? Oh, so she was four foot eleven and ninety pounds. He was five foot seven and one hundred and thirty pounds. So, so okay. So if you come upon them, unless they had you at gunpoint, they really weren't a threatening. They looking weren't physically couple. intimidating, right? Right. right. But uh, it was Bonnie and Clyde, and they always had gunpowder. <laughs> so, right. Right. Now, now Clyde had two serious girlfriends. And it doesn't say their their names, but I didn't research that far down. But um, he had two serious girlfriends before he met Bonnie, but he had never married. So Clyde never married. Huh. I didn't know that. No. So leading up to it, when she met Clyde, she was already married, but her husband was in jail for robbery. And, for robbery. Yeah. And she had been working as a waitress, and due to the depression, she had lost her job. Right. Wow. So that that brings us up to January 1930. Okay. Bonnie and Clyde met at a mutual friend's house, and by all accounts, the attraction was instantaneous. I mean, it was just fireworks and stars and everything. They they were smitten right away. Wow. Well, I think before we get into, you know, their initial meeting, I think this is a good place for a break. Okay, let's take a break, and then we'll talk a little bit more about them and Perfect. the time they met. <laughs> and how they met. All right, we are back, and we are just now. We're reaching into when and how Bonnie and Clyde met, right? That's right. And we were saying they met in 1930 in January at a friend's house. And they were crazy about each other right away. Um, but a few weeks after they met, Clyde was sentenced to two years in prison for uh, previous crimes. Oh, no. <laughs> Poor Bonnie. All oh, of her no. men keep having to go to jail. <laughs> wow. Wow. And you know, Bonnie was devastated because she she fell in pretty she had fell pretty hard for Clyde. Really? So she was already smitten to the point that she was in love with him already. She she was. But in March, now we're talking January, they met. A couple weeks later, he goes to jail. In March of the same year, Clyde escaped from jail. <laughs> and he was he used a gun that Bonnie had smuggled into him. Really? Yeah. So that's, I guess, is that the point to where the it all started as far as the Bonnie and Clyde that history knows or the history tells? Well, <laughs> <laughs> a week later, he was recaptured and sentenced to 14 years oh in, my Easton prison, in Easton Prison Farm near uh, Weldon, Texas. Well, I guess let me back up on that then. <laughs> so right. he arrived at that prison, which was known for being a very brutal prison, on April 21st. And I mean, he became desperate to get out because it was unbearable. And uh, so he had he had this great idea that he would have one of the uh, fellow prisoners chop off two of his toes with an axe so that he could get out and get him transferred somewhere. Now, I, if memory serves, the reason for this, this prison that he, he was at, was a hard labor camp, right? 
Oh yeah, it was a terrible place. Uh, all right, so East Ham, E A S T H A M, East Ham Prison Farm, East Ham Prison Farm, and in it, Texas in 1930. If you were sentenced to hard labor, as we've all seen in movies, and it was before the big push of human rights, but uh, uh, a little tidbit to go along with this, a lot of our roadways here in the United States, the interstates, and just the main highways was built initially from prison labor. They didn't have the work rights that, that we have and uh, that we're afforded today. So yeah. it, when they said hard labor, it was hard, break your back, blistering labor. No matter what the weather was, you were out in the elements and you you were you were swinging a, either a hammer or a shovel or a mattock or whatever it took and we didn't have at the time the modern technology as excavators backhoes oh and, no these and, guys these guys they worked them to death yes so so just a, again a perspective look of why the conditions were so hard. I mean, it was hard labor from the time the sun rose to dark. And that's right. That's why he wanted out of there. I mean, it wasn't just that. It was just a hard, hard place to be in. It was, a, it, it was known as a uh, very torturous, hard prison. Okay. But now, so he had his buddy, he had his buddy chop off two of his toes <laughs> because he wow. wanted to get tortured so bad. And uh, it, it, it proved to be unnecessary because he was paroled a week later. No on way. February, yeah, on February the 2nd. Now, he spent some time in there. It was February the 2nd, 1932. So he spent some oh time in there. Oh, my gosh. 1930, April 1930 to February 1932. So he, he had his buddy to chop off his toes so he wouldn't have to endure the so, hard labor. Well, so he and, could get transferred, yeah. And then, unknown by him, he was getting tra getting paroled thereafter. Oh, my gosh. So he lost his toes for nothing. Yeah, pretty much. Oh, well, okay. Yeah, easy come, easy go. But I, he swore that he swore he'd die before he returned there. He'd rather die before he ever went back there. So it was bad. Right. Obvious. Obviously. Yeah. yeah. All right. So he leaves prison. And, of course, it's still during... The depression, jobs were scarce, um, making a living was difficult. And, you know, Clyde didn't have a lot of experience holding a job anyhow. So right. That wasn't his, uh, his forte was not going to work in holding a regular upstanding job. He wasn't a nine to fiver. He just definitely wasn't. So as soon as his foot healed, he was back to robbing. Oh. He went back to, to stealing. So uh, now Bonnie, this is where Bonnie pretty much made a decision to uh, become a criminal. Because, okay. of course, they got right back together. And mm -hmm. she she went with him on one of the robberies. And uh, the plan was that the Barrow gang, which, of course, included uh uh, Clyde and Buck Barrow and Blanche Barrow, who was the wife of Buck, and a couple other people uh, at different times, Ray Hamilton, W.D. Jones, and uh, Henry Methvin, 
Now, they decided to go rob a hardware store. And although she was to stay in the car during the robbery, she was captured and put in Kaufman, Texas jail. <laughs> Accomplice. Yeah, but think about this. Wow. The time they've met, somebody's been in jail pretty much. <laughs> That's the true. The whole time they've known each other for that two years, somebody's well, been in jail. <laughs> that's true, ain't it? I mean, yeah. it's a, as far as time together, it's been a short relationship. It has. <laughs> but now, fortunately for her, she was released because uh, there was a lack of evidence for them to hold her. But now, oh, okay. while, but while she was in jail, Clyde and Hamilton staged a robbery, another robbery in 1932. And it was supposed to be very easy. But this is where things start going really bad for these guys. It something went wrong, and the general store owner John Butcher was shot and killed. Oh. So being just going in and robbing a place to a murder. Gotcha. So that's where that's where it shifted. That's where it shifted them into uh, not just being petty criminals to being murderers, robbers. You know that that shifted that shifted them. And so now, you know, she's faced with this decision. Does she stay mm. with Clyde and stay on the run? Because she knows that's what's going to be what it's going to be. Right. Or does she leave him and just start fresh? Because, you mm. know, he said he said that he would never return to prison. So what does it mean if she stays with him? That's it's right. That's right. Probably not a good outcome. Right. Mm. But. Even though she knew this, she decided to remain loyal to the end and stay with Clyde. Really? I mean, yes. well, I see, mean, you know that, but she had right. that decision and she knew. So, you know, she was a smart girl. She knew what she was getting into, but she loved him. Yeah, that's what I'm getting at. You know, it's, you know, I didn't realize it was all this leading up to what we know in history, common know in history. Right. Uh, mm -hmm. But she so, loved him, so basically she made a decision to risk her life for love. Right. Wow. And, <laughs> yeah. and real, I mean, no matter who the people are or what they've done, love trumps all. I mean, it's been said, it's been written. Uh, scientists have tried to figure out this love thing. But mm -hmm. just, uh, this is a perfect example. She knew what she was signing up for. She did. And, wow. you know, so for the next two years, Bonnie and Clyde, they just robbed places all across Texas, Oklahoma, Missouri. They were in uh, Louisiana, the state of New Mexico. And they always stayed close to a state border because police couldn't cross state boundaries, you know, to yeah. follow a criminal. So yeah. they were smart about that. They stayed close to the state borders. So they would be able to get across the state border and get some time behind them before some distance behind them before the other state police officers would find out they were in their state and you got to remember also we didn't have the technology we have now so it it wasn't as instantaneous that you could get on the radios or whatever and say hey they're coming across your line right now you'd be right there it, it might take them a little Right. Back then, the, for those of you that don't realize, but in the United States, back in those days, police, you know, we have the freedom to cross state lines or 
you know, in essence, borders. But at that time, police didn't have jurisdiction to cross a state line. So, and they didn't have the radios in the cars and the communication as they do today. So it, it was a, actually, it was a, uh, a leg up for the criminal. So I see yeah, what they're I mean, doing. Yeah, it was yeah. a smart move on their part. <laughs> right. And, yeah. you know, on top of that, uh, Clyde stole cars all the time. So he would change cars all the time and he would change license plate. You know, all even if he kept the car for a little longer, he would change the license plates all the time. And he uh, he knew it was said that he knew had knowledge of the back roads like nobody else. Wow. That he studied he studied maps and had an uncanny knowledge of uh, how to navigate the back roads to you know stay out of the main drags off off the radar. Interesting. And I, if uh, memory serves. Clyde was quite the driver as well. Mm-hmm. You know, he was he loved, uh, he loved vehicles and he was a good driver. And I think at one point during one of his stints in jail, he actually wrote a letter to Henry Ford telling the Henry, you know, that V8 that he came up with, you know, that Ford V8 that he loved it. And it was his favorite car. <laughs> so, yeah, he was. A, a he was. <laughs> yeah. So you'll have to look that up out there. But uh, yeah, he wrote a personal letter to Henry Ford. Well, you know, at this time they were on the lam. So one thing, though, Bonnie made Clyde promise her that he he would take her back to Dallas every couple of months, at least no, no longer than every couple of months to uh, visit her mother because she was very close to her mother and she insisted on seeing her. So, um, yeah, so although the police didn't know it then that uh, Bonnie and Clyde were making frequent trips to Dallas, they were there back and forth. They they visited their families. He visited his mother and his favorite sister, Nell, and it it nearly got him killed on several occasions, you know, with police ambushes. But they were able to escape. So Bonnie and Clyde, they'd been on the run for a year and uh, Clyde's brother, Buck had been had been jailed, so he was released from prison in 1933, March of 1933. And again, I said Clyde and Bonnie had been on the run already for a year, and right. they were wanted. They were wanted for murder, bank robbery, auto theft, wow. robbing dozens of grocery stores, gas stations, and you know all of that. But they decided to uh, rent an apartment in Joplin. Joplin, Missouri, so that they could have a reunion with his brother, Buck, and his wife, Blanche. Okay. So now they spent two weeks just playing cards and catching up and cooking and all of that, just kind of taking them some time off. Well, the the, the family life, right? Family life, as close to it as they (laughs) were going to get, you know? But, uh, But Clyde noticed that there were two police cars that pulled up and that was on April 13th of uh, 1933 and they had found him. So a shootout ensued and uh, uh, one policeman was killed. Another one was wounded and uh, Bonnie Clyde Buck and uh, another guy that was with them. Jones got into their car and they got away. They picked up Blanche who had escaped the shooting 
and was had gotten away nearby. And uh, although they got away, uh, police found a ton of information in that apartment. And it was like rolls of film that now the famous images we see of Bonnie and Clyde, especially the ones where they're holding guns and posing. Yes. Those were the pictures that was on those rolls of film that were found in that apartment. Now, correct me if I am wrong. It was either Bonnie or Clyde uh, had an obsession with taking photos. I think it was Bonnie. It was Bonnie. Yeah, and she took, I mean, countless rolls of film. And that's where we get these historical pictures of them today is she would, and they were always posing with guns and, you know, I mean, they right. were dressed up and and you know but she had a just such a you know fascination with taking pictures right and so you know these pictures now they've got a hold of these pictures well and not only were did they find pictures you remember i told you bonnie liked to write yes she liked to write poetry well they found some of her poems one of them was the story of a suicide sow and it was about a woman who fell for a murderer and the other one was the story of Bonnie and Clyde. Really? So, uh-huh. So, and you can look them up and read these poems, but because of the pictures and the poems and the getaway, this increased their fame. So they just went off the charts in, in being famous at this time because a lot of people looked at them as modern-day uh, Robin Hood, you know? <laughs> right, right. Steal from the rich, give to the poor. Were uh, yeah, people were suffering, and so this just increased their fame. They became very famous after this. Wow! So, wow. Uh, and I think I think we need to do a two-parter. So, um, we'll finish up this section, and then uh, we'll pick it back up next Wednesday. But they evaded they evaded a lot of trouble until June of nineteen thirty-three. And uh, they had an accident near Wellington, Texas. And Clyde had realized too late that a bridge that he was going to cross had been closed for repairs. And he swerved and the car went down an embankment and he wrecked. Clyde and Jones got out safely, but Bonnie's leg was burned really bad by a battery acid that had leaked on it. And, you know, she, she and Clyde both had a limp. And so his limp came from where he got his two toes chopped off. Right. had his two toes right. chopped off. And her limp came. She never was able to walk properly after that because uh, of the battery acid spilling on her leg. You know, and they couldn't stop for medical care. So Clyde nursed Bonnie back to help with, uh, back to health with help from Blanche and uh, Bonnie's sister, Billy. Because she really? couldn't go get help. So I didn't know that. They were wanted, but they both ended up having limps. Isn't that kind of weird? That is weird. That's interesting. And yes, I think this is a good place to uh, to end it. Uh, uh, this uh, part one of what's going to be part two. And part two is going to be uh, very, very entertaining as well. I've loved this one. This has been well, some... Yeah, it's been great. It's, it's, um, it's definitely... It's definitely an interesting story. I'm telling you, I didn't realize until I started looking into it, you know, the the paranormal connection 
to Bonnie and Clyde as well, and we'll be taking a look at that and the rest of the Bonnie and Clyde story on our next episode, right? Right, right. And the paranormal, that's that's all yours. That's your thing. If you don't oh. know, Stephen loves his ghosts and goblins and scary stories. I do. And you just do. Like, <laughs> I, I love the conversations I've had with Jerry... Polly, you know, uh, from oh, yeah. the Hillbilly Horror Stories when they yeah. were on. And conversations. Those people, yes. Oh my God, they are. And the conversations uh, after that, I mean, just so interesting. And, and I, but yeah, I've, I've got a curiosity for it. And uh, what I have found out about Bonnie and Clyde, I think is very interesting. And I know it's a little off of what we usually do on how we met true love stories, but to give you the full story and paint the whole picture uh, we feel like it's uh, we need to include this right i mean it's it's you know people may say well that's not a good story but it is a good story the story is a really good story it um, really is. they loved each other no matter what they they basically uh committed themselves to dying together because of the life they were leading and their lives were put in this situation due to uh, outside influences such as the Great Depression right. and the places like where he lived was a bad neighborhood. He had to be tough or not survive. I mean, it, it, there's just a whole lot of factors and variables that put them in this situation. Of course, they chose to go this route. <laughs> right. But their story is still a good story and they really did love each other. Absolutely, and we will get into all of that next week. And remember, please send us an email at www.howwemettls at gmail.com. I put the WWs in front of it, but uh, <laughs> you know, it's still part of it. It's just howwemettls at gmail.com. <laughs> we want to tell you your this. story. We do this every week because, we okay, so here's, here's the thing. Our email address is howwemettls at gmail.com. But our website is also www.howwemettls.com. So either way you want to go to send us a message, just remember it's howwemettls. <laughs> dot something <laughs> and we've got another uh, after we get through this series uh we we've been debating on when to release our story so send us an email and let us know uh if you think we should go ahead and do our story which is very it, it's different <laughs> it's entertaining i mean uh, it is well miss angel uh, thank you for all the work that you're doing on this research uh, while I'm away. And uh, I really do miss being in the studio beside of you. But, uh, you know, it keeps me... I've, I've got you with me wherever I'm at. Not only in heart, but I can get on and listen to our stories uh, as well. And it just makes me feel closer to you. Oh, well, that's sweet. Well, you know, we... We're trying to keep our podcast going. We enjoy it. We hope uh, everyone listening is enjoying it. And uh, yeah, bear with us as we do the remote stuff. Um, Steve's really making an effort 
to have his remote studio set up so we can do this and to keep it going. So, um, oh, I hear the bell ringing. Oscar the Wonder Pup wants out. <laughs> Everybody's going to be so familiar with all these sounds and stuff. And oh, yeah. But, uh, yeah. But thank you, Steve, for all you're doing to keep us going and keep our podcast up and running. And thank you, everyone, for staying with us and for your awesome emails and your comments and reviews. We really appreciate everything. Continue to share us. Tell people about us. And uh, I'm going to borrow this um I'm going to borrow this little phrase that Steve and I used to love to go to the Barter Theater. It's an old historical theater, and uh, you go see plays there. And the guy that always came out to introduce the plays, he always said, do you remember what he said, Stephen? If you like us, brag about us. If If you you don't. If you like us, tell somebody. And if you don't. Just shut up. (laughs) Just keep your mouth shut. That's right. That's right. Oh, I anyway, love everybody have a great, great day. You've been listening to How We Met, True Love Stories. Your life. Your love. Our, Our story. story.